0: Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. This is a podcast by a 20-something or 20-somethings or 20-somethings at heart, where we dive into the real and the raw, the uncomfortable and the messy. This is a place for you to receive wisdom from ladies who have been where we're at and can guide us along this crazy time in our life. I am so excited that you are here, so grab something refreshing and let's get on with it. Well, howdy y'all. This week on the podcast, I have my good friend Grizz on to talk with me about perfectionism and control. Don't worry, she will explain the name here in just a minute. But Grizz and I go way back to our days of working together at a summer camp out in East Texas called Scary Itch. We walked through some life together, and I consider her to be one of my most favorite humans in the whole world. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation, so let's get on with it. Well, hey, Chris, welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast.
1: Yes, what's up, Emma? Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, my good old pal. I think that the listeners are going to go, wait, what did she say her name was? Bry? Is that a real person's name? So you might need to explain that to my friends.
1: Yes, that's always the first conversation starter when I am introduced. Okay, so my name is Chrisley Heller, but actually for about like nine years now, it's going really strong, Um, people have been calling me Grizz, which is short for Grizzly, and honestly there's not a great story for it other than... I have worked at camp for a really long time at summer camp and it's been my full-time job for the last five years but then I also worked at camp for like my four summers in between college and like at the very beginning of that sometime years ago somebody misheard my name they were like did you just call that girl grizzly and somebody was no, I said Lee and they go, well, I'm going to start calling you Grizzly, and it was like my worst nightmare for a minute, because I was like, no, that's so weird, and then <laughs> it just became a thing, and now, like, my husband, my friends, my coworkers, everybody calls me Grizz, it's just a thing.
0: Right, I feel like it's weird if you do not call you Grizz, like, it's know. just so thrown off, but I still have you in my phone as Lee because I think when I first met you and was interviewing to work at summer camp I guess that's all I knew I obviously you don't tell everybody that your name like is Grizzly but I just couldn't see you as anything else so but thank you for explaining that because I'm sure people were like wait what so you guys are welcome to call her Grizzly right you're all everyone's new friends and you're they're open to that
1: it really is more normal for me to hear Grizz than Grizzly so you're all welcome to call me Grizz
0: Okay, well, thank you for approving that for all of us.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, how about you also tell us a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like these days?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, like I just said, I um, work at camp. So I work out at a summer camp in East Texas called Sky Ranch. It is a Christian summer camp. It's where I got to meet Miss Emma Cook, who is super cool, and I have been out there serving full time for the last five years. I went out there to work with the summer camp ministry, but I transitioned a couple of years ago, about three years ago, actually into running the outdoor education program out at Sky Ranch. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we call it OE. So OE is basically we bring out fourth through sixth graders and sometimes high schoolers out to camp during the week for field trips where we teach them science and history classes outside. So that is what I do. I love, love, love working with kids a lot. I studied education at Texas A&M. Whoop! Um, Yeah, so my job is this really cool combination of my degree and what I love, working with kids and camp and then education all tied together. So that is what I do during the day from 8 to 5. and also, along with that, I am married. I met my husband. His name is Max. Uh, I met him out working at camp out at Sky Ranch. Um, We both went to Texas A&M. We did not know each other, were really, until uh, we went out to work at Sky Ranch and were friends for a long time before we started dating and and then got married. And we live out in East Texas. So uh, we are there, and he is in seminary. Uh, going to school and is completing a pastoral residency um, at a church. So he works at a church and we um, have been married for about two years now almost. It's crazy! And
0: almost two years?
1: Well, it feels like a lot longer sometimes and then sometimes it feels like it's been a week. So, uh, <laughs> But two years and just figuring out life and marriage still together, I think One thing we are learning is just how to do ministry well together through him being at the church. And I wish I could say I am like this perfect pastor's wife who like has it figured out and all together, but that was very much not the case. It's been a little harder than we expected, but it's also been uh, really good and challenging just figuring out how to go from doing ministry like separate to then as one flesh and so um, we're figuring that out we are both really involved with youth ministry at our church and that's a big part of what he does uh, mm-hmm. through job so that is one part of our lives um, and again we really love it he's really gifted at it and challenges me to be better at it as well mm-hmm. uh, and then another part of my life right now what's happening these days is I am also a part of A team that recently launched a podcast and a course called Oh Hey Truth. And so that is a big part of life these days. It was created by myself and a team of women uh, who are really passionate about the Word of God and women in their early adult years. And so uh, collectively, these women, we've been working with college girls for several years and we were just seeing this pattern of girls asking, like, how do I know God more? What does his word actually say? What does it mean, like, to know God's will for my life? Like, all these big questions, and it just Mm -hmm. need to go back to the word of God, the word of God, and we wanted to equip women to know how to know the word of God and how to love God more and live it out in their lives. Um, It's been super fun and also super challenging for me. It is not what I expected to be doing Mm -hmm. at this time. I, uh, Jill Falser, who is one of the women who started it, she actually was on your podcast. Yes,
0: she sure was this summer.
1: Jill. Um, it all started as me going to Jill to say, hey, Jill, I want to edit blog posts that you write. And I was like, that's all I want to do. I <laughs> blog posts. I really love typing and writing and editing. And I just want to help you do that. And we're going to make this whole thing like jillfalser.com And she was like, that is absolutely not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had this vision. And then it turned into a podcast. And I was like, wait, excuse me, a podcast? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to talk in front of people. And that <laughs> is what we're doing now. And it's been, again, really fun and good, but challenging and out of my comfort zone, for sure. Oh,
0: man. But it has been so cool. You guys are what, like a month? A little bit of a month in, right?
1: Yeah, we just, uh yes, it's been, I guess we launched in November, so it's been a little bit over a month now. Yeah. We have seven episodes, so.
0: That is so we- cool. I highly recommend everyone to go check theirs out because it is also kind of, it's not necessarily geared towards ladies in their 20s, but a lot of it, I feel like, has... Um, really good things for girls our age, and so
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of the things I'm like, oh, I wish I had known those things when I was twenty. But at the same time, I'm still learning things now where I'm like, oh, wow, that's great to know. So definitely open for anybody, adults, younger, older, mm-hmm. but geared yeah. for the college age girl.
0: It's so good, and I I love listening into you guys one because I know you and just like hearing your voices, but. Two, it has been super cool because you guys are being just really practical in, like, how do you study the word? Because my podcast is more topical and um, talking about different things that are coming up, but, and we, you know, kind of put the word in there as far as here's like some resources and here's some scripture that you can turn to but you guys are actually breaking it down and so if that's something that you guys are interested in i would definitely highly recommend that you check it out because they're totally breaking down the word for you and giving you ways that you can study it well so check it out oh hey truth grizz is over there so is jill and other friends
1: one of the long running jokes for us is that I'm really just doing this with the hopes of fulfilling one of my longtime dreams of landing a deal as an audiobook recorded voice. <laughs> so you're going to hear me read a lot of scripture. We recorded myself just reading Psalm 119. It was mm-hmm. very long. But at the end of it, I was like, please hire me. So it was amazing. It was- Long-time dream. Audio book recorded voice. You,
0: I, I would love that. I would listen to any books that you decided to record. You have such a soothing voice.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: So I hope that you get that dream someday. And then I'll take your autograph because that's like a really big...
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to hear it. like what your first book is. I can't even imagine what it would be like.
1: It will probably be something ridiculous. I don't know and
0: why but I just thought of The Chronicles of Narnia.
1: I'll take it. <laughs> I'm yeah, kids are my the audience because this voice is not very it is I realize that I have a soothing voice that sounds like a 12-year-old sometimes. So it's just Fine. that if you
0: God made you special Grizz and he loves you very much.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's shift a little bit. I asked Grizz to come on today. We kind of bounced around ideas for what to talk about, but uh, we basically landed at talking about perfectionism, and this is something that is huge. I feel like everybody in some way is a perfectionist. There's just people who tend to take it way more seriously than others. Um, but, you know, I know that even I, even though I am so, like, all over the place and just kind of like, whatever, there are parts of me that definitely tend to be a perfectionist. Um, and some people it kind of is consuming of their life. So um, if you wouldn't mind, could you just start us off and tell us how it's played a part in your own life, how it's affected you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think what you were just saying is spot on. And, you know, what I was even going to start with is for the longest time, I think I had this misconception of what perfectionism is. And even just looking at my own life, like now what I've learned and what I've gone through, I can say, yes, perfectionism is something I have walked through. It is something I currently walk through in my day to day. But if you had asked me a long time ago, Grace, do you struggle with perfectionism? I think I would have said no, because I am not type A, like in any way, mm-hmm. like my room is never clean. Uh, I've never had a successful like agenda planners in school, you know, like mm-hmm. everybody has, like their checklists and their homework, like I never had that I'm not super organized. And so um, I feel like that's what people think of when they think of perfectionism, or like, growing up making really good grades in school like school did not come naturally easy for me so I had friends who were like crying because they didn't make an A and I was like my goodness I like I'm just pulling it through but I'm still kind of struggling with that idea but I'm not making like straight A's so I must not be a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and so my eyes were really opened to the struggle of perfectionism uh really not until a couple years ago before I got married and it kind of even dives into a little bit of my story, but just to even back it up and explain a little bit of that and where that came from in my life, um, I have had a long-time struggle with body image. And I would say when Emma, when we were trying to figure out what to talk about, that was one of the things that I had mentioned was like, what about talking about body image? Because that's something I've connected with so much and have walked through and struggled through, Yeah. Um, which is super relevant. And I know a lot of people agree with that for themselves like hey that's something that I've wrestled with or walked through but uh, for me the root it's really not just body image but it goes deeper really into perfectionism Um, and I would say it has been a really dominant struggle of mine uh, that I can trace back all the way to when I was like the age of five uh, to be honest and I don't even know what caused me to start struggling with body image specifically I can just tell you from a really young age, I've been super aware of my body and my size and the way I look. And I was super aware of the people around me and paid attention uh, to what they looked like, which is really just comparison in some of its earliest forms. Um, And that turned into elementary school and middle school. Um, It was a topic that I was just super sensitive to. And had a lot of like negative self-talk and all these things that went into it. Um, no one like made fun of me. I had good friends. There was just something in my heart uh, that I've always been like hyper aware of when it comes to this topic and something just off there. And so fast forward I went to college um, and had a lot of spiritual growth in college. I grew up in a Christian home, like Christian family, knew a lot of like basic truths. Um, but didn't have consistent time in the word. And a lot of those truths that I knew really didn't mean that much to me as they did then when I went into college and a lot changed then. But Mm -hmm. uh, that is when I started realizing that maybe the way that I dwelt on or desired or thought about my body was different than the way that a lot of other people did. And like different in the way I feel like girls kind of have this Shared thing where they're like, oh yeah, I get insecure or compare myself, like my body sometimes. But for me, it was different. It was like obsessive in this, um, in this way that I just didn't notice mm-hmm. in people. And so, um, you know, I my response to this, unfortunately, was more of like a, oh, as Christians, we realize that like God made us perfectly, and so like Christians shouldn't struggle with body image and so in this effort to like look like I had it all together to the rest of the world I was like we're just not going to talk about this thing and so <laughs> there were some good things I mean here this is at the surface like there were some good things in that like not talking negatively about myself and not letting it be like centers of conversation like it had it was easy to do in high school you know like mm-hmm. girls gather talk about the things they don't like about themselves like, I feel like that went away in college but it was really rooted in this idea of hey I can't let people know that I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. so um man that would be one of my first points when it comes to perfectionism I think we'll talk later about like okay so what do we do with this and how do we move forward right obviously like talking about those things and putting it in the light I think we realize so quickly with perfectionism that, like, we aren't perfect. And so we start doing all these things to try to put perfectionism on ourselves. And one of those things is by running and hiding and going into the dark, Mm -hmm. which really ironically does everything opposite of what you're it to do. Um, And so, and continuing on with the story, I graduated from college and, um, was surrounded by incredible community and these awesome girls, but I also got welcomed into, um, it's kind of funny, like the health and fitness culture that is yeah. ex- maybe a little bit more now than I feel like it used to, or maybe it always existed and I just didn't realize it. Um, but got surrounded by a lot of like healthy living and working out. And it was another one of those like kind of short term solutions for me. Like, As I got more invested in this idea of like, oh, I can eat well and I can work out which, don't hear me wrong, are good things. Like, steward your body well. I can point you to so many resources of women who are passionate about that and take care of themselves, knowing their body is a temple and they do it for the glory of God and it's awesome and there's definitely a balance there. Uh, But for me, it was like another quick fix. Like, as I figured out how to control my body more... It was, like, physically maybe providing a solution to my body image issues. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, actually in my heart, like, fixing any issues, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so, with that, not long after that, I changed jobs. I got engaged. I started planning a wedding. A lot of things in my life started to change pretty quickly. And um, that's when I really started realizing that my body became this thing in my life Uh, that I felt like I could control in the midst of change and it was this Mm -hmm. thing that I had this grasp on and I realized I found a lot of security in that and so um, and then of course all the things of like I'm planning a wedding I need to look this certain way gave me this thing to like strive after and so it wasn't long after that um, that the wheels of control basically just kind of fell off really quickly. Um, The phrase I say all the time that I've learned over the last couple years is your control is an illusion. Mm -hmm. So we think we have all of this control over our lives or over our bodies when in reality, we have no control over it because it's like as much as I can take care of my body tomorrow Like, I don't know what tomorrow holds and what could happen. And so, um, you know, that is coming for us in some way. And for me, like in this situation, it was just things as simple as like, I'm spending time with this friend or my fiance or this person, and I'm not in a situation where I can control the foods that I eat to this degree, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just starting to realize like the lack of control that I had uh, in this situation. And I found myself... Um, This was like a kind of a breaking point for me. I found myself um, really having a hard time when I felt like I was losing that control, like to the point where I would break down and I would cry. And um, I had never experienced that before. And so um, one time, and this really is just the grace of the Lord on my life, um, that my roommate found me one night after I had I don't even remember what I ate. I just knew it like wasn't in my plan of perfection to mm-hmm. achieve goals of the perfect standard of the perfect body that I thought would get me something and looking back now like I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask me the question, like what did you think would happen to your life if you looked the perfect way you thought you were supposed to? Like I don't think I have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, we jokingly, I read this one time that somebody said the skinny jean mentality, <laughs> uh, which it's like this idea of once you fit into your skinny jeans, like you're not actually going to be happy. Like there's always something else, right? There's always a different shape or a different size pair or something else you want. And yeah. so, um, just like never being satisfied, always being frustrated at the lack of control I realized I had. And so, uh, my roommate found me crying. Um, and from that moment in our conversation realized, I think I want to go to counseling. Like, I want to talk about this with somebody who can help me understand what this is in my life. And long story short, through counseling, um, in a series of questions, she ended up revealing to me, she was like, um, and also just to add, I, again, through the grace of the Lord have never struggled with like a clinical eating disorder, which is also a real thing. And if you do you should talk about it and get help, uh, for me, uh, what it was, was a struggle with perfectionism, perfectionism, which was an inachievable goal I had, uh-huh. uh, and what she explained to me is perfectionism is actually a form of control, which is rooted in fear and anxiety mm-hmm. is what she, and so, as I wrestled with that, it was like, okay, so this thing I'm looking at with my body and food is really more of an issue I have with control, and it's actually rooted, really, in fear or anxiety. And so this just opened up this door for me to consider, like, all the other perfectionism, like, perfect, what's the word, perfectionistic tendencies mm-hmm. I have in my life um, and how I let fear Or even shame, like, I feel like maybe shame has something to do with that as well. Um, This idea that like something is wrong with me Um, and not like guilt, you know, like the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is like, I did something wrong and I can turn away from that and I'm going to move forward. Shame is this like condemning, not from the Lord. Something is actually like something is wrong with me. And when I try to fix it on my own, it's definitely Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not to be fixed right and so I'm realizing all these things in my life that are like rooted in uh shame and fear and oh if people see this in me then they're gonna think this or they'll think this or then this will happen um and so it was really awesome it ended up allowing me to move forward into this like honest and real stream of confession in my life like Mm -hmm. with body body image that was the biggest thing like being able to express to my community that I had been struggling with this and what that actually looked like in my life um something one time somebody asked me kind of in that they were like okay what do you think God thinks about this in your life like what would he say to you if y'all were talking about this struggle in your life currently Mm -hmm. and My response was kind of along the lines of, I think, like, I think he would not like that I struggled with this. Like, he didn't want it for me. And their response was, I think he would tell you that he loves you. And Mm -hmm. I was really, those answers don't sound like super different from each other, maybe, but I was really taken aback by just that being their answer. Um it was this freeing reminder to me that God is not disappointed in me. Um, And the fact that I thought he was, uh, was this kind of a reflection of what the root of this was in my life. Um, You know, that I felt like I had to cover myself and hide or appear to be better than I actually am. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so just a lot of lies in the root of that, but also really freeing just, truly believing, like, hey, what the Lord says in his word is true, that he made you, he loves you, um, and through Jesus and what Jesus accomplished on the cross, like, the perfect standard that God actually has is achieved through Jesus, and by Mm -hmm. trusting him as your Savior, like, that is put on you, and so like, by saying you're a Christian, like, we are acknowledging to the world we are not perfect, like, there's no need to hide that, and so It just, it's so silly, you know, that that do for me to like want to hide all these parts of myself that I struggle with this or um, even like hide the physical things of my body that maybe I don't love, but the Lord actually did make, you know, and He was good. Um, But I want to believe like it's not enough and then I want to cover it. And I think of Adam and Eve in the garden, like how silly it was. Like God's like, Where are you? You know? And he knows. But then she's like still Adam and Eve are like still trying to like hide and like cover themselves from the Lord because of their sin. Where it's like, God already knows, yet He still loves you and has extended this grace to you through Jesus. Mm. So
0: That's so good. I think I heard this on shout out to another podcast, the Journey Women podcast. But she was talking about that, um part in Genesis, whenever uh, God is looking at Adam and Eve after they have eaten the fruit and, you know, Eve is like, well, you know, so-and-so or the serpent told me to eat it or Adam told me to eat it or whatever. And God looks at her and says, who told you that? (laughs) You know, and it literally says in, you know, Genesis 3, who told you that? And I think of that often with just, like, the lies that we believe of, yeah. hang on, who told you that? And, yeah. you know, with your conversation with your friend, like, he is looking back at you in that, in whatever you're believing, and he's not saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Why are you doing that? I'm so shocked. I'm so surprised that you did that. I'm not the god of the universe or anything and know everything that you're doing, but no. I love you mm-hmm. like I love you in that I don't want that for you but I love you and so that yeah. is such like a beautiful picture and I think that can go for anything because um, right. I mean we're covering a lot under that umbrella of like fear and perfectionism here but in whatever avenue that plays out in for for you guys as listeners like He's looking at you and saying, I love you. And not, it's not like this condemning thing of like, why do you do that all the time? But it's, no, I love you in that. And so thank you for being open in your story with that. um, Because it's just so much more relatable to hear from somebody else and to be able to say, okay, I'm not alone in that, you know? Absolutely. So... What where do you think, I think you hinted at this a little bit already, but where do you think, or what do you think is the root of perfectionism?
1: Yeah, and I even, and I I guess, I don't know if I can share this, Emma, this is like the pre-recording session, Uh, but I shared this with you earlier, where I was like, hey, I'm like learning so much about this topic still. Mm -hmm. And I said this earlier, like this is absolutely something still in my life that I have to deal with every day, right? Like I go to the Lord with this daily and confess these things to him Mm -hmm. and tell him that I'm trying to like be perfect on my own. But um, I think I'm still learning so much about this where I'm like, huh, I don't know if I know fully, like what is the root? I think I have ideas based on my own life and things that I've read, and what I've seen, Um, and I know we'll talk about resources later that will help, but kind of going back to what I had mentioned earlier from the counselor who had walked me through this, where she said that um, perfectionism, like, comes through in control, and control is a form of anxiety, where, like, anxiety is rooted in fear, right? Mm -hmm. And so, kind of going to the top of that, I know for myself, like, perfectionism and control really do go hand in hand. Like, this desire I have to be perfect, um, it manifests itself through uh, ways in which I can control things. So, for my body, it's like, I want to have a perfect body, a.k.a. I'm going to do everything in my power to control all of these things so I can make it perfect. Mm -hmm. Which, again, is such an illusion because perfectionism is unattainable by ourselves, right? And so... Um, you know, and then going on to, uh, control, uh, where does that come from? It's this desire, um, you know, it like roots in anxiety and fear, like I said earlier. So it comes from fearing, uh, that the perfectionism and sovereignty of God is not enough. Um, so we know God is perfect. Uh, we know God is sovereign. Like, we see that throughout all of scripture. Um, and so just fearing that what he says in his word is not true, mm-hmm. uh, that your perfection uh, can't be attained through the work of Jesus on the cross. And that um, ultimately, like, it's not enough, you know. Because so, I can tell you, like, for myself, when I am um, anxious or afraid, it's usually because I'm forgetting what I know to be true. So, and then when I like trace that all the way up to like my body or something like that, this thing that I feel like has to be perfect, it's like, okay, well, if this doesn't look a certain way, then will people like me? Will they still want to be my friend? Or if I am not seen in this way, like if I don't look perfect, if I don't have it all together, if I struggle with this thing over this thing, like... What will that mean for the way people think about me? Or what does that like tell you about myself? Like there's all these big questions that really are just rooted in fear. Um, and it really comes from like distrusting the Lord and what mm-hmm. he said. So um, so I say all that. I also, I really do believe shame plays a big part in that, like we said earlier. And then I also think pride has a lot to do with it. And what I think all of those things have in common, like pride, shame, um, you know, fear, like all these things, um, they all have in common this like self focus, right? Mm-hmm. This looking at yourself and fixing your eyes on yourself and not fixing your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because we fix our eyes on Jesus, like Hebrews twelve two talks about, uh, looking at Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Like, when we look at Jesus, we're reminded of what's true and of what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and our eyes aren't fixed on ourselves anymore, because who are we, right? In comparison to who he is, that he has the power to save and that he is strong and perfect and mighty. And so uh, when we're looking at ourself, like, it's so easy to get caught up in all the things of ourselves. And when mm-hmm. I'm focused on myself, I'm not focused on loving God or loving people, mm-hmm. And so, and when I'm focused on myself, whether that be like, whether because I'm feeling insecure or because I'm feeling like pride, like I think we think of prideful as like, oh, if you're prideful, you think you're awesome. Oh, if you're insecure, like you don't think you're awesome, but both are forms of pride because both are a self-focus, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, Timothy Keller has a book called the freedom of self forgetfulness. That is so good, which is about not focusing on yourself and how both of those like insecurity and pride are, are just pride. And so, um, again, when, when looking at yourself and not fixing your eyes on Jesus, it's so easy to forget that he is in control because when I'm looking at myself, I see all the ways where I fall short. And I start to realize the lack of control that I have and that I'm not all knowing and all powerful and um, like all the things that God is. And so um, of course it leads to fear when I'm looking at myself and anxiety. And that leads me to almost like scramble, like, Oh, what do I do? Okay. Patch myself together, like control, control, control. um, Look perfect. All the things, because if I don't, pretend to look perfect, then it's just going to be really obvious that I'm scrambling all over the place. Right. Mm. And so, um, I think, I think that's the root of it. I think it's not having your eyes fixed on the right place where you can be reminded of what's true. Um, that continual reminder of what's true, because if we aren't telling it to ourselves every day, like I'll be the first to confess that I am so quick, um, to become like distrusting of the Lord, like Did he really say, like, is that really true about him? Like, did he really say that, like, he is enough for me, that I don't need anything else? Like, is he really going to satisfy me? Mm -hmm. Is he going to take care of me? Um, Because this world has troubles and it's hard, you know, but, like, he has overcome the world. And so I have to tell myself that all the time Mm -hmm. or I forget it and fall into fear and anxiety. Yeah.
0: which is again yeah. you're reminding me of Genesis again where like you know the serpent is telling Adam and Eve like did God really say that like is God really who he says he is you know and that's what he does to us still today he hasn't learned any new tricks mm-hmm. he's still playing the same old same old tricks for us and so man yeah we got to we got to battle with with that so I like to be practical, help us out, give us some practical tools to help us off the ledge when, um, we are just trying to be perfect and we're getting frustrated when we can't be perfect.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a great question. I feel like, um, maybe these are obvious answers, but I feel like for me, there was this huge victory moment in my life. Um, and I feel like it was centered on control and perfectionism years ago, um, a dating story. Um, I was not the girl in college who went out on a million dates. I just feel like I need to make that known. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you look at all the other girls around you and it's like, okay, well they're getting asked out on dates and I'm not. So what's different about me from them? And you start to look and for me developing this whole new idea of like, okay, well what's perfect so that I can be asked out on a date because yeah, that's what I want. Right. And so, Um, I had this awesome like breakthrough moment because of the Lord uh, of sitting down and just having this moment of realizing like, okay, kind of like we said earlier, if God is really all powerful and all knowing and sovereign over all things, then why do I think I have control over this moment? Like the idea of my future and if he has a husband for me and like all those things. And so it's like, Realizing there's literally nothing I can do to manipulate this situation, right, into like working out the way I want it to. And so uh, I guess my first, like, what do you do um, when you're frustrated with our lack of perfection? It's one, surrender. Like, surrender. First of all, confess to God that you are struggling in this area, that you're trying to patch yourself together and be perfect. Or just believing a lot of negative things about yourself because of that, right? Like Mm -hmm. confess those things to the Lord. He wants to know. That's the first thing. Uh, Confess to him and surrender to him and remind yourself that his plans are better than yours. Um, And don't try to manipulate his will into happening because that's not going to happen and you don't want that. And so, um, you know, how do you know what the Lord's will for you is? Like be in his word and then you will know. So, um, confess and, um, again, just surrender, be in his word. Um, I think confession to other people is really important for this, um, to talk about it. I think something I realized with perfectionism, kind of a really, we said earlier, like a hard cycle of perfectionism is this like, I have to appear to be better than I am. And so A lot of times I've noticed with myself struggling with it, it has prevented me at times from talking to people about the thing I'm trying to look perfect in. There's a lot of breakthrough when you just say it out loud and talk about it with somebody. Um, And then, you know, putting it out in the light. And then also the connecting, like connecting with other people on that. Like the fact that you're not alone, like you are not the only person who struggles with this. You are not the only person who has felt this way. Um, and so to be a part of the body and to confess to them, confessing to the Lord first and then to the body and then, um, yeah, putting it out in the light. So those are big things for me. Talking to someone is the really, it just seems like the really simple one. Um, also when I'm anxious, which I think those things go hand in hand, I say the name of Jesus out loud and to myself, like on repeat, like just saying name knowing there's power in his name and then repeating scripture to myself uh isaiah 41 10 um to fear not uh knowing that god is with you don't be dismayed um he will strengthen you and help you like these truths that come from these verses like i'm repeating those things to myself um on repeat when i'm struggling in moments like that specifically
0: yeah. love it, yes, that is such a practical tool, and there's so much power in it for sure. Mm-hmm. okay, so what does the word say about perfectionism and fear?
1: Um, so Sermon on the Mount has a lot of great um verses in this area. it's something that stands out so matthew five forty eight um, says you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so Jesus is talking in this one, which at first it's like, hold on, hold on. Jesus said we have to be perfect. But in this, like he's setting a standard saying like, Hey, you do have to be holy. You have to be perfect. And so it's kind of, I feel like in this, we get to acknowledge like, okay, I'm not meeting this standard because Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect i'm a sinner but then matthew five seventeen says do not think that i have come to abolish the law of the prophets i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them mm. so we see, like jesus he does fulfill the law therefore like he is that perfect standard that we have to be and so going back to just other things we've been saying knowing in this like hey the perfection that maybe you're striving for like you don't have to strive because you are considered perfect through what Jesus did for you on the cross yeah. if you trust in your Savior so seeing that um, Matthew 6:25 through 34 I feel like this is maybe such a classic, such a classic life verse but so good um uh, talking about not being anxious uh for god knows and meet your needs like just like he cares for the birds um you know that he's gonna care for you that much more talking about the flowers of the field like they are clothed so are you like it's all these things talking about hey you don't have to worry because in the same way god does this for these things like so much more will he do for you mm. and you spend any bit of your life worrying about what's to come. And so for that thinking of anxiety or controlling what's to come, because I have this picture of how this is supposed to look, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, surrendering and trusting that the Lord will provide for you. And then uh, Colossians three, one through four, one through four. And I'll end with this one. I'm going to read this one, all four verses just because it's so good. It says, if you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so I love the the seeking the things that are above where Christ is. This idea of like, okay, it says set your minds. So I'm going to focus my mind on where Jesus is and on who he is, and I'm going to look to him in his perfection, um, because, like, my life is hidden with him, and I don't have to strive to do anything to be anything else. I'm going to seek him imperfectly, receiving the grace of the Lord as I go through this journey of sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so
0: I like those. Those are really good, and I'll be sure to put them in the show notes so you guys can check them out and um, study them. And yeah, yeah, I like those a lot. Awesome. Uh, are there any other resources that you could put in our hands around this topic?
1: Um, the two, I already mentioned one, that, the book by Tim Keller, but another yes. one. So Brene Brown, she has a book called The Gifts of Imperfection, yes. which that one talks a lot about, so the struggle of perfectionism, and then also that kind of goes into the idea of um, the root of it being shame. So she has some interesting perspective there. So um, that's a resource if you're looking at anything with this topic. And then also desiring God just in general as a resource um, is super helpful, and it has a lot on the topic of perfectionism actually so perfectionism or anxiety or fear um but one article specifically that I really love is called lay aside the weight of perfectionism and that can be found oh I'm sorry on the weight of perfection not perfectionism again that can be found on the desiring god website so those two
0: yeah those sound good I'm gonna check those out for sure okay wow okay Griz, you've made it to the last question. Look at you. Yeah. There you are. What is refreshing you these days, my friend?
1: Oh, okay. This is a fun one, Emma. I know. Uh, it's hard. I Okay. I only have two right now, but we're going to see how they go, and maybe I'll drop in a third. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, okay, but the first one... Refreshing me these days, it's honestly been refreshing me for the last year. It's, like, my first go-to answer, uh, which is my cat named Bonnie.
0: Bonnie.
1: He is, like, my favorite thing ever. And the story, of, I have, short story of Bonnie is that I, like, really do love cats. Probably, like, I worry that maybe, you know, I'm one of those people. No offense to cat, like, cat lover. We just have a bad reputation a little bit, so it's like, okay, I'm trying to avoid that. But mm-hmm. boys loved cats, dreamt of getting a cat for my own one day, um, got married, and then my husband dropped this bomb on me that he did not have any desire to get a cat. And I was like, wait, what? I thought this was like a. <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, I feel like manipulated, like you convinced me to marry you, and I didn't know you didn't. To- <laughs> like, yeah. To work through it, but it's okay because almost a year ago on Christmas he surprised me. I opened a box for oh a gift, like so cat toys in a bowl, and he was like, "Let's get a cat." It was very sweet. I cried. I had to wrestle with a little bit, like, did I <laughs> you to do this?" But I got over that. And he picked out Bonnie, and she is a gray cat with white paws. She's like the cutest cat with the best Aww. person. Ever her. So, so Bonnie, you
0: have Bonnie.
1: Oh, she's a diva. She only drinks water out of a faucet. That's, like, one of her claims to fame. Like, people love to make fun of Like, if for... you
0: put a bowl out of water, she will not drink it.
1: No. She jumps up on the counter and will only drink water out of the running faucet.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I opened up a miserable can of worms with that. I don't know why I started it, but it's, like, I can't reverse it now. Right. So, it's
0: too late.
1: It's too late. So, that's happening. Once I say that, though, like... So, I've said this before to a group of people, and a lot of people started sending me links to cat water bowl fountains that you can get on Instagram. So, I feel like I need to listeners, hey, I do know those exist. I appreciate the Bonnie. (laughs) She's trying to
0: say, please do not send me links to cat bowl fountains.
1: (laughs) I promise I'm going to get one one day. They're just kind of expensive, and I'm... Trying to decide if it's worth it.
0: You're like, I already have one. It's built into my house, like, all over my house.
1: You know, I have, like, four of them. So, let's just, you know, keep turning those on. It would be nice, though, for it to not be on if we were home or not. So, um, Bonnie is my first one, always. Um, Second one, this is really fun. I am now coaching a third and fourth grade girls basketball team. No. So, which is ironic because... For anybody who knows me, they know that I really am not athletic in any way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not at all. And I didn't play sports growing up. And it's just this, I was always in choir and theater. So, you know, that explains it. Um, So those are my two things. I'll drop in a third. This is maybe a cheap answer, but there's right now something called the Juniper Latte at Starbucks.
0: You've tried it? Uh,
1: I tried it.
0: It's good?
1: It's really good. What? I think it, well, you might try it and think that I'm crazy. It, it just seems
0: so strange to me.
1: It definitely has a plant-esque <laughs> taste to it. Almost like eucalyptus, but it's strangely refreshing and really? good. yeah it's like my gonna be my new go-to drink I may have
0: to branch out and try it I just there's something about it that's throwing me off but like I currently have like a can a juniper candle you know going in my room here but I just I'm just not sure I'd like to drink it
1: yeah hey it might surprise you you should go for it
0: might as well I'll try Mm -hmm. it and let you know what I think So thank you, Grizz, for coming on the podcast. I uh, love what you have to say about perfectionism and control and what those are all rooted in. And I think it's really going to sit well with my listeners. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story um, and just speak to us on that topic.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. And I'm really excited about what you're doing as well. So it's fun to be a part of it.
0: Uh, Of course. Y'all go check out Oh Hey Truth.
1: See ya. Thanks, Emma. Yeah, girl.
0: Go team. All right. One more thing for you guys. Uh, So, Grizz and I are teaming up uh, Oh Hey Truth and Water with Lemon to do a giveaway for you guys. So, Grizz is going to tell you what you guys have to do
1: yeah so uh once this episode airs you're gonna find on our instagram both the oh hey truth page and water with lemon you're gonna see some stuff we're doing giveaways with we're gonna have some t-shirts some cool esv scripture journals um and so once you look at our instagram you'll see what those gifts are how to enter win, how long it lasts it's gonna be super cool you should go check it out once it drops uh
0: yeah you guys go check those out and thank you for listening